0: Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team, so be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast... Laura, and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It is Shelby here today, and I am so excited because I have a very, very special guest joining us today Sarah Travers. And I am so stoked to bring Sarah on the podcast to share her with all of you so that you can get to know her story and how much of a badass she is. And we are pressing record on this podcast on like, the tail end of some really epic news, which we will share share with you here in a second. Uh, I want to take a second here to speak Sarah into the space. And yeah, I just hope that you see the gem that Sarah is in her heart and her soul and just genuinely you're so committed to to your path and nurse coaching and all the things um I could probably go on for the next five minutes of how deeply I care for you and love you um but I, I will boil it down to, to a 30-second clip here for, for the sake of our podcast this morning. Um, so Sarah is a transformational embodiment coach. She is also certified in breath work. And most recently, Sarah is a children's book author about dyslexia, which is really, really freaking cool. Um, Sarah is also one of our, our year two clients. She's a master client of ours and... Um, Sarah has been on the Successful Nurse Coach like evolution for, I don't know, forever now. You've grown with us along the way. Um, you you will always have a little special pocket in my heart. And I'm just so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here with us this morning. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah's here actually to talk to us about something really close to her heart, really important. And I was telling Sarah right before we hit record, I was like, I think that this is just going to be a really Deep breath of fresh air for some of you who have different learning abilities and may wrestle with that of like how do you fit into entrepreneurship? And um, Sarah is going to be talking to us about dyslexia today. And Sarah, kind of want to hand it over to you right out of the gate um, because you you can't be the only person I know with dyslexia, but you are the only person I know that I have coached with dyslexia, and um, I kind of just want to give you the mic here and hear your story as far back as you're willing to go <laughs> on it. I, I'm pretty open about it. So that's <laughs> probably why you, you hear about a lot about it. Um, yeah. So for me, I was diagnosed when I was in second grade. Um, school was really hard. And I think the biggest thing that I have learned through all of this is um, allowing people to believe in me when I was a kid, when I didn't have that internal belief of my learning ability, because there was people in my life when I was younger, who said I was dumb or stupid, or that I was just not going to be capable of ever reading. Um, That my parents' belief in me really just made me always feel super grounded and feel very capable of anything that they never ever said, like, you can't do that because you can't read. Um, And, like I said, school was really hard. It was it was kind of an uphill uphill climb, um, but it really taught me about being persistent, and it taught me about like when there's fear, um, that it's okay to push and start again. And I feel like I've done that in my business. I feel like I've done that in my career. I feel like I've started from the beginning and just allowing myself to push past the fear and know that no matter what I'm on the right path to creating something that I can help other people, especially in this dyslexia journey, we're also getting my daughter tested for dyslexia, um, which has kind of been the, Mm. the push to write this book um, of like this. It's a beautiful place to be thinking outside the box. It's a beautiful place to be, to be a little bit more empathetic. um, And it's really allowed my journey in coaching to be where it is. Cause I feel like I got that nudge to leave the hospital. It wasn't working. It didn't feel right. And I could start from the beginning and I didn't have to have fear in starting from the beginning because I know I can start over and that there's beauty in that. Mm. Yeah. So, so well said. And what what's shining through for me right now, Sarah, is that like, you have been primed for the world of coaching and the world of entrepreneurship and the world of being a small business owner, like maybe without really knowing, I know you come from a family of small business owners and like, you know, an entrepreneurial lineage, if you will, but um, like how you're kind of by design meant to be outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think thinking outside of the box is just, I'm really able to see beyond like, the one or two trees, I feel like I really can see the big picture. And I think that Mm. um, with my learning disability, I've just had to always think in bigger pictures. And it's also the people, you know, there was were people that didn't believe in me. Um, But it's also the people who did believe in me and gave me that external belief of myself Mm. that was so empowering, you know, is a teacher in middle school that I can think of. There was a couple teachers in college. My whole high school career was just like a powerhouse of people who believed in me. Um, And so when those people who didn't believe in me, it was such a disbelief that I like, while it hurt, because our words still have power, it was almost laughable because... I knew I was smart. I just think differently and thinking differently doesn't equate to being bad or anything. It just equates Mm. to like, it takes me a little bit more time or I have to think about it a different way, or I have to ask people to reframe it so that I can understand it. And so those teachers and my parents, um, always, and I actually had a couple of really, really fantastic friends throughout the, throughout my career of being, even in childhood who like took the time to re-explain it. Um, My college roommate and I like studied together in a way that like, it was, I made it through college, but I also had professors that like truly helped me think outside of the box of how I could be successful. And that, that is so powerful. And so I like to do that with my clients too. It's just allowing them Mm. to, when it doesn't feel like this is the right way, like let's try it a new way. Let's, you know, I haven't been successful in doing it this way. Well, like, have you thought about it in a different way? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Great segue here on like this. I think one of our greatest assets as coaches are like bringing a really, really deep and rooted and grounded sense of belief in our clients, right? Of of and this this like plays into the whole. I mean, shameless plug, but the whole successful nurse coach method, right? Where we coach to the vision and and like the big juicy goal and that for our clients feels really, really lofty, right? It feels like it's in their heart, but they're like, dude, how do I pull that off? That feels so big. I don't even know where to start. And bringing the belief to the table of like, okay, we might not have the how, but I, I just believe that you can figure it out. That's what most people need to hear. And it sounds like you've had some really epic people in your corner, Sarah, to like be an example of that for you. And now you kind of, I mean, it's really clear to me how you bring that into your container, but I would love for you to speak a little more into that of how your belief influences your work that you do with clients. Um, I think it's also coming to like our values of like when I was in the hospital, I was really living out of alignment of like my values. Mm. Um, And so I really like to help my clients find what their values are. And then when they start to realize that they're living out of alignment of their values and they're living out of their body um, because I tend to do this too, is like living in my head of like trying to answer for like what I think is the right answer versus like what mm. I really believe in my gut and listening to those intuitions. Cause they're really there. They might be subtle, but when I go back to like different places and times of my life, when I didn't listen to my gut, I can always be like, well, it was really, that was a really clear one, Sarah. So helping <laughs> clients to like feel, feel in their bodies and feel, into their values versus just like, like head, like in their head thinking about them. And when you start to feel and live in your values and live in your body, you can really make a big difference um, of your own belief. It doesn't have to be other people's belief anymore. Mm, Yeah. Oh, is there a way to, I feel like I'm using coachy buzzword after coachy buzzword. I'm like, expand on that, Sarah, tell me more, elaborate, illuminate. Uh, but that what you just said of, of whenever I can bring people out of their head, into their body, into their values, then then like the belief naturally grows from there. Um, do you have maybe like a real world, world example that you can share in a um, patient protected way with us. (laughs) Well, I would actually just like really small plug, um, for my book, but like it, and it's so small, but my mom used to trace words on the back, my back so that I could feel the words. And that like, to me was, it's such a brief part in the book, but like that part to me, when we were talking about the book, like I very vividly remember, like she would write the word let's just go with like love. Like she would write it, love, L-O-V-E. Mm. And she would write each letter on the, my back so that I could feel the word, not just the letters, but also like the the meaning mm. of it too. Um, or if it was like, you know, just a plain old spelling word, the, T-H-E. Like I could feel the word, not just think it, but feel it. Um, mm. So that was like more of a me being able to feel, feel in like the dyslexia, but like- yeah more than just like, okay, we're going to practice spelling words. We're also going to like, like be in them. Um, But with my clients, I'm trying to think of like a specific client I have. She came onto a call and she was really upset. She was just very overwhelmed. Life is just feeling like she doesn't really know what she needs. And so we, we slowed down and we found the ability for her to like, ask her like, what is it that you need right now? And she would like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like really easy things. Like, what do I need right now? I need to go eat. Like just kind of these basic things. But when we kind of came down to it, it was that she needed connection. She, you know, was angry at her family because she has to ask for it. She can't just assume that they'll be there for her. Um, And she's always giving, but she's never asking for it. Because then she figured out that like, if she asks for it, she feels weak. Mm -hmm. But in reality, she's like, I'm not actually weak, because I'm just stating my needs. So it was it was allowing her to like connect to her body and realize that like, yeah, there's these like smaller, like, I I think I want these things. But when she was really able to like tap down into it, it was like connection, but like asking for it meant she was weak. But in reality, like asking and meeting your needs is not a weak side of weakness. It's a sign of like, mm-hmm. setting boundaries and setting setting up for success for what your needs are. Yeah. Yeah. I've bumped up against that belief within myself of like the asking for help makes you weak. And I have bumped up a lot with it with clients as well. And I'm like, where did we all plug in to that belief? Like where in the world did that come from? Because humans by nature are emotionally needy. That's how we're wired. You know, we're, we're wired to co-regulate with one another and attune to one another and help each other in this way. Like, humans by design are are made this way um and like what a powerful reframe that is to guide someone through like that i mean the ripple effect of that is significant i you know i even come back to like for a long i think there's been like a period of time in my adult life where asking for help was was met with um failure um like Mm -hmm. that it was a sign of weakness and it's it has taken a little bit of reframe because originally pre these experiences, um, asking for help was like, I felt like my superpower. Like I was just able to always ask for what my needs were. I was very easily able to address what the needs were. Um, like in school, in, um, in like in the day to day, like I need help on my science thing that I'm in school for. Like, what is it that I need? I need you. I need to go to office hours. And like, when are your office Mm -hmm. hours in college? Like, Um, what is it I need for my learning disability? I need a reader for my test, even actually for the, um, taking the test for being board certified. I actually got retested for my dyslexia, kind of crazy, um, because I knew I needed spaced for it to be longer. Like I needed more time to be able to read it. I actually asked for a reader and it wasn't able to be given to me. They didn't have that available yet, um, which is fine, I was able to do it. But like, asking for what I needed and knowing that like, sometimes your needs can't be met. But Mm -hmm. sometimes they can be. And I think that is such a powerful learning experience, even doing it again in my adult life of like, I need this, I will not be successful without it. Um, I will not pass this test without the extra time. And that doesn't mean that I'm anything less than somebody else who passed it in 20 minutes. Um, it just takes me a little bit longer to read. I have to read it out loud. I have to like hear it and see it and feel it versus just, just reading it and knowing the answer. Right. Yes. You know, even as, as you're, I was hoping you were going to say it and you said it of like asking for help and sometimes your needs are met and sometimes they're not. You just so poetically stated shelby's biggest trigger ever right there (laughs) is i'm like i whenever i ask for help and then i mean that's just again the nature of the life we live in is that not all of our needs can be met and then having capacity on the other side of when they can't like you just breeze back past that i don't know what that's really like in real life for you sarah but you breeze past that of like it is what it is and i'm like still hung up from, you know, all the times I've asked for help, and it hasn't happened. Um, but that is like a deep, deep well of of space there just to, to be bold and asking for the support that you need. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, even as a nurse manager, I asked for help. And while um, I had people that supported me and were really okay to help, sometimes it was met with like, well, you should be able to do this on your own. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, my mom always said, with learning disability, it'd be like me saying to somebody like, you can't have glasses to see the board. Mm, like that would yeah. feel really mean, right? Like you'd feel mm-hmm. like, well, why can't I have glasses? I can't see the board without it. I just need the extra time or I need somebody to help proofread mm. it. Or I need somebody to help. Like, it's not that I don't have the content and it's not that I don't have it there. It's just need a little bit more support around it. So like you wouldn't take glasses away from somebody who needed them, just like taking away the little extra time it takes me to take a test. So asking for those needs to be met, like sometimes they are met with like, that's not reasonable, or we can't make that accommodation. And then I have to figure out like, okay, well, where do I go from here? Um, Sometimes it's, you know, like when I was told I couldn't have a reader, it was like, I called the board of nursing, like not the board of nursing, the holistic board of nursing to yeah. be like, why isn't this a thing? And they've like, well, we've never had it been asked before. And I'm like, well, it should be. Um, and I had like two conversations, and we couldn't get it figured out in time for me to take the test. I could have waited six months, but I didn't, I figured I'd take it. And if I failed, I'd wait the six months. Um, yeah. So in that instance, it wasn't met, but it was still heard. And I think that's a lot of the times too, is like people want to be heard and seen. And so I think that's yeah. the other part is like helping people be heard and seen has so much value. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. That has been the advice I've that we've been given Laura and I for like, I don't know, eight months. It's just like, how do we solve this problem? It's like, just hear them and see them. And I'm like, okay, great. But like, how do I solve the problem? And they're like, the problem will be solved through hearing and seeing. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean, general advice, but like actually very, very potent. And even hearing it from your point of view, Sarah, like that problem did not get resolved. Right. You still had to figure it out anyway. Um, but that there is some piece there of like that it was heard and, maybe for the next person, it gets to be a resource available. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm, Okay. My friend, I heard you mention in the beginning, you mentioned fear, which my ears just go like beep. They like perk up whenever people say that word. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite things to kind of like dig in on. Um, so I'm just even kind of like recapping your story here of like, you have had, some supportive people in your corner. You've had some people that are just like Debbie Downers raining on the parade, but like, I hear this, what shines through, I think the most is just like the tenacity and the grit, Sarah, to like go after the things you want to follow your compass, to your inner purpose, like that kind of um, like your brain is, is set up differently to solve problems differently, which is great for entrepreneurs, right? Like that's like the whole kind of point that we're here (laughs) is to, to help people in a more powerful and aligned way. Um, but I'm curious, you know, I don't have to tell you, you've been in our community long enough that like nurse coaches really wrestle with, with fear and their relationship to fear. And, um, I'm just curious about how your particular relationship to fear in doing new things or starting over, um, whenever you fear, feel the fear, what is, take me through your process. Um, so I think it depends. So like in the beginning, like being vulnerable and showing up on social media, there's fear around that. Um, is there still fear at times? I think sometimes it's just feels, it feels hard to connect. So the fear Mm. for me is also being seen and heard of like, how can I get myself out there and seen and heard in a way that lands on people. And then with my writing, I feel like it has to be double checked. So I tend to get my husband to Mm. check it. And he's like, it looks fine. I don't know why you need me to check this anymore. Um, But for so long, it was so criticized that like my Mm. writing was not good enough. And that like, or it wasn't, you know, people couldn't understand it. So there's just fear around that space of like a showing up vulnerably, which is not really necessarily the hard part it's the vulnerability is more in the actual like physical writing part of it and like yeah. getting that from pen to paper because like God I've got a lot of ideas but it's like getting them out and and down and so the fear for me tends to be like oh I had to start again. Mm. and that that's not necessarily a bad thing but like at the same time sometimes I'm like oh I don't want to have to start again yeah I don't know if this is making sense right now um but there's fear I'm tracking yes okay (laughs) there's fear (laughs) in in the in the doing too of like is this gonna make sense for everybody around me Mm. um and in my own body it feels sometimes a little squirrely or like Um, I always sort of say, like, it feels like it comes out, like, out of me. Um, I think it's, like, the fear of, it's the fear of writing, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the last couple years has gotten me to this point. So, like, the last couple years of, like, showing up vulnerably and, like, showing up on social media and showing up in, like, my community and, like, telling people what I do Um, like the fear is not quite as big anymore. It's still there, but like, I now have so many people at, we had our Christmas party this past weekend and I had probably like 10 or 15 people come up to me that I don't see other than at our Christmas party be like, I love your posts. I wait for them regularly. Mm. And so it Mm. just allows that fear of like, so they are landing. They are, people are seeing them and I am being heard and that my, my words, on paper do hold value to people. Um, And so the fear has shifted in the last three years around writing. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. And I can see it from like the, the linear point of view, right. Of like being younger, being in school, maybe being before diagnosed and learning how to write. Like I can just sense the level of potential criticism here you know, around writing in particular. And then um, it feels, Sarah, not to put like words in your mouth here, but it feels like a, a reclamation of sorts of like, yes, I can write and people, it can land and people wait for my posts every single week whenever I write them. And I'm an author of a freaking book. Like, it feels very triumphant for me, I'm, I, I won't say what it feels like for you, but for me, I'm like, yes, Sarah, like, (laughs) I mean, there are a few people that I like spitefully want to give a book to. And then others that I'm like, Oh, I really just want to give this to you because you helped transform. I probably won't go out of my way to do the spiteful ones, but they can just know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'll pay for the postage on those. If if you change your mind. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, but like, there are, there are, people that like, I feel like at the end of all of this, I like look back and think like, you really made a difference in my life. And I want to be able to support people in their fear of like, whatever it is, it might be writing, it might be something else. But whatever your fear is, maybe it's like connecting. Um, I have a lot of clients, I think it's like fear of like being in their bodies, um, being like fear of like actually slowing down, fear of like, asking their needs. Um, so like helping them find that and being able to really support them in whatever their fear is and being with them in that, like I can, Mm -hmm. we can feel it. Um, and I, I love to support people in their fear and that they can come out on the other side and realize like, wow, I had no idea I could do that. Like I had no idea if you had asked me six weeks ago, if I was going to be writing a book, I would have told you, told you hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This has all moved very quickly. This is very all quickly. like speed, speed manifestation right here. in in front of yeah. all of our eyeballs. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy in the best way, in the best way. Um, mm, I love that. I, I think also too, Sarah, and I think that a lot of our nurse coaches can relate of, uh, the nurse coaching community in particular, like we've been through some shit, you know, like each of us has like our own little baggage that we're bringing in to, to our entrepreneurial journey. And, um, there are battles that are hard fought, you know, with anxiety, depression, or, um, overcoming learning disabilities or ADHD or Hashimoto's or like whatever the thing may be. We're all, we all got mm-hmm. our thing or maybe a couple of things. And I think that this is what makes us really powerful coaches is that like I'm not going to run if I'm not going to like get the wide eyed look on my face. If you say something really unsettling or like you can tell me your biggest, deepest fear and I'm just going to hold it alongside you and we're going to be with it. And um, I think this is what sets nurse coaches in particular apart from the coaching industry in general because we have our own personal story and then we have all the extra BS from when we worked in the hospital or worked in the clinic, you know, like our capacity is truly significant in, in, uh, I mean, this is just a toot to everybody's horn. I think we're great. Uh, but that all your story in particular speaks really, really well to that. Thank you. Yes. It's, it's definitely a journey. Um, and I'm <laughs> glad to be on it. Sometimes I'm like, can we make this journey a little bit easier? But I kind of also go back to like, life, like my, like, it's never really been all that easy. So like, why did I think this was gonna be any different? Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay, Sarah, I kind of want to, because I think that again, your perspective is like it's the only one that matters here (laughs) for this question I'm about to ask you, but I kind of want to ask if there was two pieces of advice. So if there is a piece of advice for a fellow nurse coach that has a learning disability is neurodivergent or, or somewhere to where they feel like a little, like I'm on the outside looking in, how do I fit here? If you have a piece of advice for them. And then also to, if you had a piece of advice for, um, another mom that may have a dyslexic kiddo. Um, what are some words of wisdom you wish to pass along? Um, so I think it kind of goes with both for at least the first one is patience. So like patience with yourself, patience with your kid, um, patience with the process and like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be like everybody else. And so don't compare yourself to everybody when I start to go down the rabbit hole of like, this isn't going to work, I can't do it. There's too many people out there is like, because I'm comparing myself to like everybody else around me. And like, I'm not like anybody else, just like everybody else is not like anybody else. But like (sighs) my journey of dyslexia is not like anybody else's, but the patience with the teachers and my family and my friends with me, Mm -hmm. I, I, can't sort of thank them and love them enough for the patience that I was always given. And so give it to yourself, give the patience to yourself Mm. in this process. It's a journey. Mm. And if you really want to do it, um, keep pushing or keep, keep doing it however it feels right for you. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, everybody. I'm going to say it one more time, just in case you need to hear it more than once, but patience with yourself and stop comparing. To everybody else. Please, please. Uh, great, great advice, Sarah. Um, mm, I have, okay, I, I lied. I have one more question for you here to wrap up. And um, aside from patience and not comparing, is there anything that being a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a nurse coach, however, we want to categorize it, is there? What is like your biggest lesson learned about yourself in this space? Mm, I am. mm, I'm beautiful. um, And I have a beautiful way to be able to share things and it doesn't have to. I think that's it. It's just like, I'm beautiful. And I get to share my gift with other people and allow them to find their beauty within themselves Um, Mm. because everybody gets to leave feeling a little bit different about how themselves. And I love, I love when it clicks and that they realize whatever it is, its is has been holding them back, whatever it is that's been making them feel like they can't do it and it clicks. And then all of a sudden they can do it. Um, It's so beautiful to watch. Yeah. Ugh. Man. Way to land the plane so well on that, that last note, Sarah. Oh, uh yes. You. you are beautiful. Your message is beautiful. And it is so inspiring. And having a sideline seat to your evolution over the past several years. Um it's it's not mind-blowing because I've always seen it here for you. And it's just at, in the same breath. It's just really cool to watch you step into it. Like we've gotten to work with you for an extended period of time, and we, we usually let our clients fly the nest, <laughs> and we 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 keep reinviting you back into the nest in, in a sort of way, Sarah. And so it's just really fun to get to see um, all of all of the bigger and grander versions that you you step into, and um, and in some ways it's just all still just the beginning. Like it's still it's still just we're we're at first base you know, and it's really freaking cool to watch. Thank you. Yeah. Fun to be a part of. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing your gift and your stories. And if um, any of you are curious on how to find Sarah, we're going to put all of her stuff in the description. So just go check her out. She's there. Um, If you want to see this writing that we've spent so much time talking about, you know, go check out her Facebook page. A lot of it lives there. And then also, if you are, I don't think that it'll be ready by the time this podcast goes live, but e- either in a few short weeks um, for Sarah's book, check out the, the link. We'll, we'll put it there and we can't, I can't wait. I I got a, a sneak peek before we started recording and it's such a special, a, such a special story and I can't wait to like have a physical one in my hands. Be like, I know this person, this person, one of my people wrote a book. This is so cool. Um, so it, I think it can make a really sweet gift as well, um, for yourself or for someone, for someone, you know, and, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this morning, Sarah. We appreciate you. We love you. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll see you, I'll see you shortly, but I, I appreciate you being here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Toodles.